you have questions about Connecticut personal injury law, then you've found your podcast. Connecticut personal injury attorney Ryan McKean keeps it real. Straight talk. Live from Glastonbury, Connecticut. This is Ryan McKean. Hi, it's Connecticut personal injury attorney Ryan McKean here. And I'm going to talk to you today about the legal issues surrounding Peloton's Treadmill Plus. In the interest of full disclosure, I am an avid Peloton bike user. I never use the tread. You can follow me on the leaderboard, though, hashtag I am Ryan, uh, to, to catch up on my, uh, my power zone rides. But we're here to talk to you today really about the legal issues surrounding the Peloton Treadmill Plus, which has a lot of Peloton users you know, concerned for their safety, uh, concerned that they might not be able to use their treadmill. You know, they may be fearing the loss of the Matt Wilpers runs on, on the treadmill. And so that, that's a big issue in the Peloton communities. And this falls broadly into a legal category called products liability. And products liability is certainly what the Peloton lawyers are concerned with. And what's happened is Peloton, with the Consumer Product Safety Commission, has issued a recall of their treadmill and their Tread Plus, particularly in the United States. As a result, what prompted this recall was there were 39 people, 39 known incidents where people were injured, and there was one tragic death of a six-year-old. Now, the thing you need to know about the Peloton Treadmill Plus is it's a slat-based treadmill as opposed to a belt-based treadmill. So the slats, you know, they're little almost like boards, and in between the slats, things can get caught, whether it's a finger, whether it's a hair, an elbow, something can get caught in those slats and the treadmill can pull it forward. Um, and also as a result of the slats, the, the Peloton Tread Plus has a higher clearance, so it's off the ground more, increasing the chance that something can get stuck underneath it. And that's exactly what happened. The video up there is very sad. We're not gonna show it here, where a child gets dragged and pulled underneath the treadmill, ultimately causing death. So it's, it's the specific design of this treadmill plus. And also, what Peloton treadmill does not have is it does not have a, a passcode to turn on the treadmill. There's a key, uh, but otherwise you can, you can hit the profile button, on you go, the treadmill starts. So it can be started by a young child. And what Peloton's recommending right now is you can go to their website, return their treadmill. They have a whole process for that. We'll link to it in the comments below. Um, or, you know, also just putting it in a secure room. But we all know as parents, it's very difficult to secure anything from children. They are mobile and it only takes a minute for them to, you know, go into a room, the door is unlocked, and turn on a treadmill and get themselves in some potentially very serious harm. Now, in products liability, really the first component is, in any case, and I'm talking about Connecticut law, but really the laws in general are the same, maybe phrased a little bit different state to state, but I'm talking specifically about Connecticut, but really I think it applies to any state in this country, is was the defendant in this case, Peloton engaged in the sale of uh, this this treadmill. And the answer to that is, of course. I mean, they they deliver it to your house. They uh, you know you buy it from Peloton. It is a Peloton treadmill. 
The second component of the analysis, the legal analysis here, is is there a defective condition that is unreasonably dangerous to the consumer? And that's both obvious and also really complicated because it's a little vague. So what do the courts look like, look at to determine, you know, is a product unreasonably dangerous to the consumer? Well, they look at a test and they call it harm versus usefulness. Now there are some products that get made like a chainsaw that are inherently dangerous. Um, there's not really a lot of ways to make a chainsaw safe. It is a chainsaw. It is to be used to cut down trees and limbs, and it is necessary, you know, after a storm to clean up, um, uh, to, clear, to clear land, chainsaws are certainly necessary. And there are safety precautions that they, that they have to take in guards and whatnot, but it's, it's inherently a dangerous product, but also useful. And with the, tre the Peloton treadmill, again, a treadmill is useful. I'm, I'm a former runner, former marathon runner. Treadmills are, are great, but it's not, doesn't have the same utility as, say, a chainsaw. And the harm here is pretty significant. The harm is if a child gets caught underneath, they can be killed. And the death of any child is just, just heartbreaking and, and, and tragic. Um, so the second thing, really, the courts look to, so determine this defective condition of reasonably dangerous to the consumer is the likelihood and severity of the danger posed. Well, here, the danger posed is death, which is the most severe danger um, of all that, 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 you know, in, the, in, the, in the world. So that's a very big concern to Peloton's lawyers, which is that the, if a child gets hurt, it's not just that they have a bruise or, or, or scrape, it is that they could die. And another particular concern here of the Peloton's lawyers, I'm sure, I don't know any of them, I'm just, just using my background and experience to try to give some insight into the situation, is the alternative design feasibility. And this is a particular concern because a software update where they put on a passcode, and again, this is from May 6, 2021. What Peloton does uh, a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, I don't know. But as of now, you can log in and just by clicking your profile and start the treadmill. Well, a password would prevent a young child from starting it when a parent is not around. Um, the other potential thing would be to put some sort of gate or barrier on the back of the treadmill, which would be an additional piece of component, whether it's plastic or metal, that would prevent things from getting sucked underneath, would prevent you know, things from being pulled and, 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 the, and that danger resulting. That's probably a you know, pretty complicated design, um, but also, I mean, part of the problem for Peloton is that they could have used a belt design, and in fact, they do use a belt design on their normal Peloton tread, which I mean, they have not sold, I believe, in the United States at this point, um, which would have lower clearance and doesn't have that risk of getting caught. So there are clear design feasibility things that Peloton can and should and will do, I'm sure, to keep their treadmill on the market. And, and the other basic concepts at play was are that the harm, the defect must cause the injury, and of course here. The, the elevated clearance, lack of password, 
um, and the slats cause the death. It caused the child to get something underneath and can cause future injuries. The second components really aren't at play here. Um, it's defective at the time of the sale. This isn't like a case where you know pellet, somebody has modified their Peloton treadmill. It's like this is just what it is. This is what you would see in a Peloton show um, uh, showroom. It's what they deliver to you. And also there's no change here. People aren't you know lifting their treadmills or people this is normal use as designed by Peloton. So there are a lot of legal issues and concerns for Peloton relating to their tread plus. Some of them can be fixed. Um, you know, further warning should be issued. But really, if you have a child with a and you have a young child in this treadmill, you should really, really strongly consider going to their website, returning that treadmill, getting your running, getting your money back, and you know, waiting for your Matt Wilpers runs until it is all safe because you know, even though the risk may be small, children are awful fast, and if this happens, it can cause very significant and severe harm uh, to, to a child. So if you have any questions, you can reach out to me. Uh, my name is Attorney Ryan McKean. You can smash the subscribe button. We'll be doing more content like this. 860-471-8333. You've been listening to Connecticut personal injury attorney, Ryan McKean, giving you straight talk and answering your questions about Connecticut personal injury law. It's serious stuff. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show, and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find Ryan on Twitter at Ryan McKean, on Facebook at CT Trial Firm, on LinkedIn at Ryan McKean, and on Instagram at CT Injury Lawyer. Till next time.